We're taking you from sideline to sideline and everything in between. It's your one-stop shop for all things football. Join me, Aaron Mukes, every Wednesday and Friday for fresh takes, breaking news, fantasy gold, and more. College and NFL, we got you covered. This is Sideline to Sideline, the podcast. All the spotted. The kick is away. And the kick is... Here comes the rush, and here's the hit. Second down attempt. Oh, what a hit. You can't do that. The quarterback, you can't fight. The 40, the guy is drunk, but there he goes. The 20, they're chasing him. They're not going to get him. Waving his arms. Bear tested. Somebody stop that man. Ladies and gentlemen, now your host, Mr. Aaron Mukes, and his co-host, Akeem. This is your one-stop shop for all college and NFL football. Here is Sideline to Sideline. Man, it feels good to be in week 11 of the NFL season. Welcome into Sideline to Sideline, the podcast. I am your host, Aaron Mukes. Once again, bringing you up to date on all things football. Man, we saw some good action this past weekend. We got a lot to get into. Let's get straight into it. Let's go sideline to sideline. Let's rock. All right, man. Raiders uh, COVID defense. Yeah, I want to talk about the Raiders because it looks like today their entire defense or a majority of their players were put on the COVID list uh, for a number of reasons. First, let's talk about the NFL changing the protocols to actually putting all teams in intensive protocol for the rest of the season, which indicates a lot of different changes that we have to be aware of as football fans, meaning anytime somebody is thought to be having COVID or test positive for COVID, there's going to be some intensive protocols and anybody being in close contact with that individual will then be placed on the COVID list. And that could cause a number of players to miss games. Uh, possibly a lot of practice time, and we could see some postponements coming up. So it was uh, it was agreed to on the NFL side, and it looks like they're just trying to be proactive in order to to keep from having to to miss games and and just make sure that people are staying healthy. So today the Raiders were <laughs> were fortunate or unfortunate, I should say, um, to be having their whole defense placed on the the COVID list. And as long as they continue to test negative, they should be available for Sunday's game versus Kansas city. But this has huge implications on this game. And, you know, when you talk about a team losing practice time, especially when they have to go and play against Kansas city, the defending super bowl champs, that's going to be a big deal. So um, look, keep an eye out for that. Look to see if there's any more positive tests from Oakland. I'm sorry, from Las Vegas. And I'm sure John Gruden is going to be unhappy as he was earlier this year when it took place. Uh, the Niners claimed Tack McKinley off of waivers. Uh, if you remember, Tack was let go by the Falcons after you know some some tweets that were ill advised, and then he was claimed by the the Bengals, and unfortunately he failed his physical, <laughs> so. He was put back on waivers and the Niners claimed him. Now, I'm not sure, again, the the motives behind the Niners claiming him. He's been kind of underwhelming. Um, I know they're a little bit beat up on the defensive line or should say a lot beat up on the defensive line. So they're probably looking for some depth there. But he's underachieved. He's underperformed. And he obviously has some 
some problems keeping his uh, thoughts to himself and, and staying on a team. So just an interesting nugget there. We'll see if Tack McKinley can make an impact for that Niners defense as they try to battle their way out of the bottom of the NFC West. Um, some college football news. Trevor Lawrence is ready to roll. He comes back from after missing two games, one of them being the Notre Dame game, which Clemson happened to lose in double overtime. But he is back. He is healthy. He is ready to roll this week. Uh, so look for Trevor Lawrence to get back on the on the under the starting um, center for Clemson and look for them to get back on track as they try to make this late season playoff push. And then one other college note, Kansas and Texas is postponed for this weekend after a COVID outbreak. And we've seen this already a number of times in college football. And we we're seeing it again here. College football seems to have taken a different approach than the NFL, obviously with kids um, or student athletes, it's a little bit different. They're a little bit more exposed and have um, don't have the resources that the NFL has in order to keep um, COVID away from the facilities. And obviously with these kids, kids having to go to school and things like that, it's a little bit different. So we are seeing another COVID outbreak there and another game postponed, and I'm sure this won't be the last. All right, so let's talk about these injuries, man. We had a ton of injuries in week 10. As the NFL season kind of kicks into the second gear towards the back half of the year, some of these injuries are happening to key teams and are causing, causing a lot of these teams to look for replacements in odd places. Uh, let's start with Drew Brees. Drew Brees was reported as receiving, or once he re- received the hit against the Niners, um, landed on his rib cage. Now there's reports that he has five cracked or broken ribs and a collapsed or punctured lung. Um, There are thoughts to believe that the first two fractured ribs actually occurred in the Tampa Bay game and that when he was landed on by the 49ers defense alignment in this game, the actual rib actually then punctured the lung and caused three more broken ribs on the other side. So Jameis Winston will look to take over for Drew Brees. Uh, He received a couple of different opinions. Looks like he's out three to six weeks. They're hoping to have him back before playoffs. But they are not putting him on IR, which is interesting because if you put somebody on IR, they have to miss at least three games. And it sounds like the Saints are optimistic that there's a possibility he could come back before those three games. So we'll keep an eye out for that. For that. Until then, here we are once again. It is going to be Jameis Winston taking over for Drew Brees and a little bit of Taysom Hill splashed in there. But for the majority of the snaps should go to Jameis Winston. And we will see how he kind of adapts to this Sean Payton offense and if he's able to um, keep New Orleans on their winning streak. All right, Chris Carson. Uh, the Saints or the Seahawks are on a short week this week. Chris Carson is coming off a foot injury where he's missed the last three to four games. Uh, Carlos Hyde is now back in the fold after he practiced in full. But the big question is, Carlos, is whether Carson will be able to play against Arizona on Thursday night as they battle the Arizona Cardinals for division lead. This is a big game, and I, I would look for Chris Carson to do everything he can to play in this one. But let, let's be honest, Seattle has not been in a rush to get him back. I think they want him healthy down the stretch, and it could be the Carlos Hyde show for this one. Keep an eye on Chris Carson. They have the Thursday game, so we will know soon enough. Um, Alan Lazard is back for Green Bay. They activated activated him off the IR. And he was you know, making a lot of big plays early in the season. So I'm sure Aaron Rodgers is happy to have him back. And I'm sure they'll kind of 
you know, work them in slowly, but it'll be a nice, uh, nice addition to that offense. Now they'll be at full strength with Lazard and uh, Valdez Scantling and Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams and obviously Devontae Adams um, doing what he's been doing all year. The Green Bay Packers look primed to make a, a playoff push this year. Ezekiel Elliott has been mentioning his hamstring is still sore. Uh, we, we heard this a couple weeks ago when they were playing against Pittsburgh. They had the bye week. It looks like the hamstring is still an issue, but it doesn't look like it's going to keep him out. So I would expect him to still see the bulk of the carries against the Minnesota Vikings this week. Uh, but look for Tony Pollard to work in some and keep an eye on, on Ezekiel Elliott's hamstring. Teddy Bridgewater, who had a sprained MCL in the game on Sunday against Tampa Bay. Uh, he left the game. P.J. Walker replaced him. They originally thought it could be serious, but after an MRI showed no um, significant damage, it looks to be it looks to be something that he might be able to play through. So we will keep an eye on that going forward. And uh, if he's able to play this week, he has a good matchup with the Detroit Lions. I think that uh, Teddy Bridgewater has been a, a nice surprise for the Carolina Panthers and done a real nice job there as they're trying to rebuild. Um, they have a, a a bright future there in Carolina. And Drew Locke, who has struggled significantly over the past couple of weeks, just looked terrible in that Raiders game as the Raiders just show, showed him all kinds of different looks. He threw four interceptions. He was a turnover machine. So we will we we will keep an eye on Drew Locke. He he landed on his shoulder. They're talking about there's no there's no broken bones or anything like that. But we're gonna keep an eye out for him if he's unable to go. It looks like Simeon will get the, uh, I'm sorry, Brett Rippon will get the start as he earned the start. I was still thinking Trevor Simeon from a few years back. But it looks like uh, Brett Rippon will get the start if Drew Locke is unable to go. So that's just a few of the injuries that are going on right now in the league. Um, as we move forward to week 11, again, look for these injuries to continue to pile up. It happens every year in the NFL. Now let's get to the meat and potatoes of this show. I am so excited to talk about this. I man, so I had some buddies over on Sunday. We're uh, you know, we're we're chilling, we're watching the game, and I have two TVs going. A lot of my friends are Raiders fans, so we got the Raiders on one TV and then we got the Red Zone channel on another. And it was the end of the Arizona Buffalo game, and I watched Stefan Diggs make a great play, Josh Allen, great throw in the corner of the end zone to take the lead against Arizona with like 30 seconds left, which we thought ended it. And I want to talk about this because everybody knows I'm a huge DeAndre Hopkins fan. So Arizona gets the ball back. And there, there's two things I want to point about point out about this drive that people are overlooking. Uh, number one, the throw by Kyler Murray was amazing. We all know that. The catch by DeAndre Hopkins was amazing. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it was the Hail Mary with 11 seconds left is when the play started. But I want to talk about what led up to that. Uh, they did a good job. The Arizona's offense, and Cliff Kingsbury has to be given some credit here. People were down on Cliff Kingsbury getting a head coaching job due to his lack of success in college. And here we are a year into his, his tenure. Last year was a struggle, but you could see signs of improvement. And then this year with Arizona now leading the division, uh, obviously they have you know Kyler Murray, and DeAndre Hopkins, and a pretty solid defense. But the clock management he's continued to show is really impressing me. Number one, they get to midfield, and they decide, you know, they throw a little out route to Larry Fitzgerald. He gets up, gets some yards, and he goes out of bounds with 11 seconds left. 
Now, many coaches in this situation, what they'll do at the 50-yard line or 48-yard line, they will run another out route and get out of bounds until there's like four seconds left and make it a 30 to 40-yard throw, which, okay, that's a route. You can do that. But what I liked about Cliff Kingsbury's approach was he says, I have DeAndre Hopkins. I have Larry Fitzgerald. Why not do a Hail Mary twice if it's unsuccessful? So the first time was the, the first time they ran the play was 11 seconds left. Now it just happened to work on the on play 1. But if DeAndre Hopkins drops that ball, there was still time on the clock. And that was that's what was so key about that play that people overlooked. Is Kyler Murray made an amazing play to extend the play and then he threw off balance going to the opposite side of the field and he throws it up. DeAndre Hopkins is down there and DeAndre Hopkins let's be honest, best receiver in football. Argument between him and maybe Devontae Adams right now, but DeAndre Hopkins is a man, and he's a grown man. And so he throws it up. DeAndre Hopkins goes up, and he makes the catch. So that was the first – I mean, that was obviously the play. That was what won the game. But so many things get overlooked in that situation. The time management that Cliff Kingsbury put into place was – it, it was next level, and people just overlook it. So again, throwing the Hail Mary with 11 seconds left, in case it's dropped, you get another play, right? You get another chance to throw it in there. With Larry Fitzgerald and DeAndre Hopkins, you got another chance. DeAndre Hopkins makes the catch. So they go up. Now they're ahead with two seconds left. Instead of kicking an extra point like most teams do, what do they do? They go out and they take a knee for a two-point conversion. And people are thinking, well, why do you why are you doing this? Well, you could have gone up by a field goal with two seconds left. Yeah, they could have. But by taking a knee, it eliminated the chance of the defense blocking the extra point and running it back to tie the game. Again, these are NFL coaches. But not every NFL coach thinks like that. That is next level. So Cliff Kingsbury, again, I applaud you for that. And not just that. Then we talk about then we talk about putting them in position to make that play. Defensively, I don't know if you were watching what the Bills were doing in that situation, but defensively Arizona was taking some chances. They were blitzing, they were playing man-to-man coverage, and I believe the thought process was, hey, if we give up a score here, we have two of the best players in the game. Maybe we can get a chance to, you know, to to score ourselves. So I, I just thought what Cliff Kingsbury did was, was next level, really, really good uh, clock management. And and then DeAndre Hopkins, the catch. I, I can't – we talk about Houston all the time. Why is – why do we continue to talk about them? Because they gave away. They gave them away. They gave away DeAndre Hopkins. And it's, it's Bill O'Brien, and he, now he's out. And you look at Houston and their struggles and they continue to lose. They can't beat anybody. Uh, They can't score. They're two and seven. They're looking for a a top draft pick, which they don't even have because they traded them all away. It's a mess in Houston. And it just, DeAndre Hopkins is just adding uh, salt to the wound. All right. So uh, I just really like that play. That that was, that was an amazing play to watch. And I really enjoyed it. So my rant this week, everybody knows this one's going to be good because it's going to it's going to be weird hearing it from me from somebody that's really into into fantasy football but I am about to go in on fantasy football players uh, for a number of reasons but 
this one's this one's different because I play I, I play in sixteen fantasy football leagues, and some of you may think that's a lot. There are many people out there that play in a lot more. So I'm a fantasy football guy. I really enjoy uh, the game. Uh, I feel I'm pretty good at it. Uh, I've had a lot of success doing it. But fantasy football is still f- for fun. It's it's still make believe. It's still fantasy football. For all those fantasy players out there who went on Twitter, uh, went on the radio, went on wherever and ranted about Nick Chubb going out of bounds on that that run that was towards the end of the game with like a minute left in the Houston-Cleveland uh, game and talking about he's stupid, he don't know football, that was a dumb play, you ruined my fantasy football league, you should be dead, whatever. I mean, all these threats, all just ignorance at its finest. I, hand to God, I hope you're not a person in my fantasy football league because you're an idiot, an absolute idiot. Fantasy football is just that. It's fantasy football. If you know anything about real football, then you know that these NFL players don't care about your fantasy teams. They don't play to score fantasy points for you. And if you think they do, or you're listening to the tweets that when they talk about fantasy football, that they really care about your fantasy team, then you're delusional. Nick Chubb doesn't give a damn how many fantasy points he scores for you. He's trying to get paid. He's trying to help his Cleveland Browns team make the playoffs. He's trying to win that football game. Now, I'm hearing a lot of, well, you know, if he would have scored, they would have been up two scores with a minute left. It's likely they would have won anyways. Absolutely. You're right. Probably 99 point something percent. But you know what's more than 99%? 100%. And they were 100% going to win if he goes out of bounds there because now they take a knee three times and the game's over. So... This is not the only time it's happened, right? Us as fantasy players, we get mad over a lot of different stuff. Garbage points, teams that are still out there trying to throw the ball when they're down 40 and we don't want them to. This is not about your fantasy team. It's not about your fantasy team. Chris Carson said it best. Somebody, somebody tweeted to Chris Carson, get your ass out there and play. You're ruining my fantasy team or whatever. And Chris Carson responded, he does not care. And you know what? Good for Chris Carson. He has a foot injury. You think he's going to rush back from a foot injury so he can help your fantasy team win a game, a fake game, for you to win $100 or whatever it is you're winning? You you guys got to stop this. These trolls online, all you internet gangsters out there that tweet at these athletes talking about they're soft, they don't know what they're doing, uh, you're messing up my fantasy... They don't care. You know why they don't care? Two reasons. They're getting paid. They have a job to do. You could throw in a third reason. You're still going to watch them. You're still going to root for them. You're still going to play fantasy football. And if you don't, goodbye. We don't need you. The fantasy football community does not need you. Players' health, players' contracts, uh, team success, they all come before the thoughts of your fantasy team. Nobody cares. Okay, nobody cares. I had Nick Chubb on a fantasy team. Would it have benefited me if he would have scored? Absolutely. Did I go crazy because he didn't? No, come on. You could be upset, you can get emotional, you can get mad, but to tweet at people and make threats and go online and post ignorant comments 
it, it's just it's just stupid, guys. It's just stupid. Okay, so fantasy football players, remember your it's it's fake. It's make believe. It's not real. You don't play in the NFL. These NFL players don't know you. Knock it off. I feel like I'm talking to kids. Knock it off. And some of you are kids, but it's just it's just ignorance. Quick little rant there. Didn't like it. Don't like when these fantasy players do that. And I'm big into fantasy football. So just, again, be better. All right, man. Uh, quick little half hour show today. So we're going to talk about um, one more thing before we get into our power rankings and my picks for the week and preview these games. We have to talk about the NFC West. Uh, in a few weeks, I'm going to invite my brother Marshawn Tate back on so we can talk about this division. And it looks like the Niners are now the bottom of this division. And, and this is what we talk about every year, people. One year in the NFL can make a difference. Look, look at how the tides have turned. Just last year, the Rams, let's go back two years ago, three years ago, when the Rams were in the Super Bowl. They're going to be the next dynasty. They come back, they lose all their pieces, salary cap problems. Now they're nobodies. Niners go, take the division over, go to the Super Bowl. Now it's the Niners division to lose. Here they come. Cardinals are the bottom of the division. Rams aren't very good. Seattle and the 49ers. 365 days later, the Cardinals are leading that division. The Rams are right behind them. And now Seattle and the Niners are looking up. This is the NFL. One year is all it takes. One draft, one free agency period, one salary cap issue, one year. And the tides can turn. The tides can turn. The Arizona Cardinals are now in first place in the NFC West. They've already beaten the 49ers. They've already beaten the Seattle Seahawks. They, right now, they're in prime position to take that division and win it. And so this is how, this is what we talk about. This is what we talk about in the NFL. One season can change the landscape. So we have this year. Now Arizona could be could be looking up. I'm going to I'm going to rank the NFC West teams how I see them, right? I'm going to rank them how I see them. Number 1, I have Seattle still number 1. I think Arizona's the close, but I have Seattle still the best team because they have the best player in Russell Wilson. So I have I have Seattle number 1. I have Arizona and the Rams close at number 2, 3, but I'm going to put Arizona above them because of the playmaking ability of Kyler Murray. And obviously DeAndre Hopkins is a beast. So we have Seattle, Arizona, then we have the Rams there in third. Los Angeles Rams are the Los Angeles Rams are a contender now. You know, at first I looked at their schedule and they weren't playing good opponents. I like I like what they're doing there. Um, I think they're the third best team in that division this year. And think about that: the Niners, the fourth best team in the NFC West. Now we could attribute that to a number of things. Injuries, um, you know, mainly injuries play a big role, but the Super Bowl hangover. And then when you're when you're that guy, when you're that team that have the, the target on your back, this is what we talk about. Everybody's gunning for you. Do you think that people didn't come into this year talking about the Niners are the team we want to beat? Of course. That started week one with Arizona. So the Niners are pulling up the rear in that division, and now it looks to be wide open. I'm still going to lean towards Seattle. But this is a wide-open division, and there's a nice battle here Thursday night, uh, Seattle and Arizona, which by the time you guys hear this, you'll have it'll already have played out, and we will have a new number one in the West. 
But um, keep keep your eye on, on this division because this is probably the best division in football. And you easily could see the Super Bowl uh, representative right here from the NFC West. All right, with that said, let's get into these power rankings. I'm going to start at number five. We just talked about them. My pick at number five is the Arizona Cardinals. Now, I, I could have put a lot, of, a lot of different teams here. A lot of different teams here with, with the number five. Um, I thought about I thought, I thought about Baltimore. I thought about the Rams. I thought about the Raiders, the Bills. But Arizona has something that those teams do not have. They have Kyler Murray. <laughs> and right now, Kyler Murray is on the cusp of being my MVP. This dude is electric. He is, he's not only a quarterback that can throw the ball, but he is a guy that is deadly with his feet. And, you know, a lot of people are comparing him to Lamar Jackson from last year. You look at the numbers, it's not that far off. And to be honest, I think Kyler is almost more impressive this year. So I look for Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals to continue to win. Um, That defense is starting to play better. And DeAndre Hopkins is a difference maker. He's a difference maker. Look at the two teams that we talk about. Buffalo, 7-3. Arizona, 6-3. They're almost the exact same teams they were last year with the addition of two players. And we talk about the position of wide receiver not being really important. Or not, not, not that it's not important, but not being difference makers or game changers. Stephon Diggs, DeAndre Hopkins turned both of those teams not only into contenders, but into Super Bowl contenders. So... Uh, yeah, Arizona's my number five team. Number four, Green Bay. And I'm not going to talk. spend a lot of time on Green Bay. We talk about them every week. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is back. Aaron Rodgers is healthy. Aaron Rodgers is on a mission. Aaron Rodgers in a Green Bay uniform, they will always be contenders. Devontae Adams is arguably the best receiver in football. Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams are one of the best uh, backfield tandems in the league. They get Alan Lazard back. And then you have Zaire Alexander, who is... Lockdown corner over there. He missed last week's game, and they still were able to win. Um, um, I'm sorry. Smith and these guys on defense that are putting pressure on the quarterback. Uh, I like what Green Bay is doing there, my number four team. Number three is New Orleans. Yes, I know Drew Brees is out. Doesn't matter. The defense is playing well. Um, it's it's It doesn't matter. Drew Brees will be, Drew Brees will be back. Drew Brees will lead his team to the playoffs like he always does, and the Saints are going to be contenders. Uh, They were my Super Bowl pick to start the year. I'm not moving off of that just yet. They're still continuing to win. Uh, Drew Brees and the Saints at number three. Number two, Pittsburgh, the one remaining unbeaten team. Uh, They're at number two. They easily, easily could be number one on most people's boards, but I've already told you guys a number of times, you know who my number one team is. That's the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs are right there with Pittsburgh, but they're the defending Super Bowl champs, and they have a guy named Patrick Mahomes. They are my number one team. All right, this week, slate of games. Uh, A lot of good games this week. There's going to be some playoff implications. Uh, As sad as it sounds, the NFC East is up for grabs still between the Redskins, Giants, Cowboys, and Eagles. And this week is going to be pivotal in deciding that. Philly heads to Cleveland, and Philadelphia is a three and a half point underdog in Cleveland. 
Cleveland's defense has been playing really, really well the last couple of weeks. Baker Mayfield still continues to struggle, but we saw the return of Nick Chubb and that running game, and they continue to run the ball well. For whatever reason, I don't believe in Cleveland. Uh, not that I believe in Philly either, but I am going to take Philly on the road here to cover the three and a half. I think that Philly plus three and a half is a, is a good bet. I will take the Eagles. <clears throat> Atlanta goes to New Orleans. New Orleans is favored by five. Even with Jameis Winston under center, I think they are the better team. And I will take the Saints at minus five at home. Cincinnati heads to Washington. Washington's offense is so frustrating. And this is not a fantasy football discussion, but the use of the use, the use of JD McKissick is so frustrating. This has been a journey guy. And we talked about this on the fantasy episode. This has been a journey running back. And he's getting 15 targets. When you got Terry McLaurin and a young Antonio Gibson and, and Logan Thomas and some of these receivers that you could get involved, you can't average two yards a target, throwing it to the back every down and expect to get results offensively. It's, it's frustrating. It's a bad game plan. And he is not Christian McCaffrey. Ron Rivera has to do something different. And until that happens, Washington's offense is going to struggle. But they'll be at home. I think they'll get after the quarterback. I think Joe Burrow will make some mistakes. And Washington's been decent. I will take Washington minus two against Cincinnati as they continue to struggle. Detroit heads to Carolina. Um, there's no line for this game because Carolina obviously is still waiting to hear what's going on with Teddy Bridgewater. But I think Carolina is the better football team. I think they can win even with P.J. Walker um, at the backup. So I'm going to take Carolina in this one. Pittsburgh heads to Jacksonville. Uh, I think this is going to be a blowout. I think Pittsburgh doesn't have letdown games. I think the letdown game they should have had against the Cowboys or they came across as having against the Cowboys, they still were able to find a way to win. And I think that continues against Jacksonville. I think they win this game pretty easily. I think Big Ben has another good day here. I think Pittsburgh minus nine is a good bet. Tennessee has the Baltimore. This is a tough game because I think both teams, I think Tennessee with the game plan that they had against Lamar Jackson in the playoffs, I think they're going to try to duplicate that. But I, for some reason, I think Baltimore gets off the snide here. I think they play a lot better than they've been playing. And I think Baltimore finds a way to win this game by a touchdown. I will take Baltimore minus six and a half. New England heads to Houston. Not much to talk about here. Houston is a disaster. Uh, New England has played better as of late. They are favored by two and a half. I think Belichick finds a way to get it done. I think Cam has a good game against a weak defense. I'll take New England minus two and a half. Two a time in Miami. Uh, they head to Denver to take on the Broncos. Denver has looked all sorts of bad. Drew Locke is banged up. Offensive line problems. Uh, I, I just think Miami is starting to get rolling. They look like one of the best coach teams in the league. I will take Miami minus three and a half. The Jets go to the Chargers. Nothing to talk about here. My lock of the week. Chargers by eight and a half. Justin Herbert, Phillip Rivers. It wouldn't matter who was quarterback. You could put uh, Ryan Leaf back there. I'm still taking the Chargers because the Jets are the Jets. Packers go to Indy in my game of the week. This is a really, really good game. Indy's been playing really well. Their defense is solid. I'm going to take Green Bay on the road in this one. I just think Aaron Rodgers is on a mission this year. 
I think their offense will be too much for that defense to handle. And I think they're defensively, Green Bay will be able to slow down, cause some turnovers from Phillip Rivers, and Green Bay plus two should be the bet there. Sunday night football, Vegas. I am looking for revenge here from the Kansas City Chiefs. There was talks this week about Andy Reid saying that's not our style. I guess the Raiders drove around their arena honking their bus horns after they beat Kansas City. Uh, I mean, come on, guys. It's Kansas, you're, you're talking about the defending Super Bowl champs. You guys beat them, and you're happy because you beat them in the regular season. I, I'm not impressed. Um, the Raiders are my sleeper team in the AFC, but I think it is going to be Kansas City all day in this one. I will take Kansas City minus seven. And the Monday night football game, we have Tampa Bay against the Los Angeles Rams. I look for Brady to continue to play well. Tom Brady is in Tampa Bay that week. I look for them to win minus four against the Rams. Although the Rams have been playing better, I think defensively Tampa Bay is solid. I will take Tom Brady and the Bucks in this one. All right, thanks again for checking in with us. This was a quick episode, week 11. We have so much coming up for you guys. Week 12 will be a great week. Uh, our fantasy episode drops Wednesday, and we will have a full hour episode for week 12 next Friday. We will break down divisions and start looking at the playoff per picture, um, as well as some other good things. Uh, again, stay tuned. Follow us. Follow my uh, YouTube page. It's uh, Sports Uncovered, or you can just search up Aaron Mukes. Uh, again, my sideline to sideline underscore podcast on Instagram at S2 podcast on Twitter. I'm just trying to continue to bring you guys content, even if it's quick shows like this. Um, just talk football. Let me know if you want to get on the show. If you have some insight, I'm always happy to bring friends on listeners. Thank you for uh, showing me love and we will continue to bring you what we can. So until week 12, good luck to all of your teams this week. Niner fans, let me know how you're feeling out there. Call in. You know what I mean? Hit me up. Let me know you want to come on the show. Let's talk Niner football. Let's talk Raider football. Whoever your team is, I'll be more than happy to have you on. Um, again, Sideline to Sideline podcast. Uh, thank you for staying tuned. And until next time, peace out.